Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR. This is segment two with Pete LaMonica here on Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR. You finish, and it's over now. You go into the business world, and you have two boys. You have two amazing sons in uh, Pierre and Christian. When did you start them in hockey, and did you have to have a conversation with your lovely wife and say, you know, hey, look, I want my boys to play hockey, or was it, hey, I'm going to let them try it if they like it? great if they don't we'll just move on to other sports or was it kind of like you introduced them to a lot of sports like you know a lot of parents like myself have introduced their children to you know all the different gamuts of like soccer and baseball and lacrosse and hockey and did, but they shared that passion with you talk a little bit about how you got them involved yeah well you know I was I was still I was coaching at the ice house you know youth hockey and I just couldn't wait to get them on the ice so we had a little rink in the backyard we'd set up in the winter time um my wife loves hockey, so it wasn't an issue with that. So she wouldn't be there. Actually, I probably thought I pushed him too much. <laughs> I think I pushed him too much and burned the older guy out, Pierre, because um, he had, you know, a lot of talent up that Christian didn't. Um, but they both played baseball, they, and, you know, for two or three years, Little League, um, and Pierre tried some – they both played some soccer, you know, for a year or two. But, um, you know, they, they enjoyed the hockey. And I said, you know, I'm, I think I might have pushed the older guy a little too much, um, you know, it's a lot. The youth sports a lot. Your whole weekends are shot. And uh, looking back, having conversations with them, I think that's one of the conversations, you know, one of the parents have to really see and get feed off their kids because sometimes they, you know, they want to play, but they don't want to make that commitment to play at that level where you're playing three days, you know, practicing three days a week and you're playing a, what they call a national schedule, which is 75, 80 games. You know, the, the family's in for a lot of money if you have it. And uh, it's a big commitment. You have no weekends from August till March or even April if you go to Nationals. You don't have any weekends. So, like, he wanted to go on the Boy Scouts. And I said, ah, you don't want to go there. He wanted to go on the Boy Scouts. And I kind of kept him from that. And I regret that, um, you know, saying, oh, he can't. He's going to miss practice, whatever it is. Now I look back at it. I was a coach. I got so engulfed in it and so ingrained in it that I didn't step myself back because I was almost like drinking the Kool-Aid of some of these parents. And it was uh, – it's unfortunate, you know, um, it's unfortunate. So you're, when you started coaching the boys and they were playing different sports, talk about the importance of not only playing hockey, but other sports and what it does for you. I mean, that seems to be a big thing in today's world. People are always talking about how, oh, my son only plays tennis or he only plays golf or he only plays hockey or only does this and he doesn't do any other sports. And a lot of coaches will tell you up until you're about like, 14 or 15, you should try a variation of sports and talk about what that does for you. If you're, if you wouldn't mind. Um, yeah. Um, you, 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 you're only concentrating on one set of muscles. Um, and that's one of the things, like I said, uh, like, like I said, they played baseball and playing hockey, but like if you're doing baseball, it works on your hand eye coordination, you know, soccer, it's working on your foot speed and your legs, you know, lacrosse is a great, they never like they didn't like lacrosse, um, for some reason. Um, but that's another great cross training sport. Um, for the kids. And I think it's definitely, you know, advantageous for the kids to try all sports, you know, maybe they may like it better than hockey or, but it helps you, you know, your agility and your, you know, your hand eye and your games, you know, thinking the game and learning how to play the games without, whether you're playing soccer without the ball, lacrosse without the ball, um, you know, you know, baseball is a little different, but still your hand eye coordination. Um, so I think it's great that the kids should definitely try it. Um, I, I know I have kids on my team right now. I'm coaching their 12-year-olds, and some of them are playing soccer and lacrosse. But like, do you mind if I miss practice on Saturday? I'll be at the game Sunday. No, I'm not going to, you know, preclude the kid for 
you know, not going to a practice. I mean, through a game. Now, if he was, if I was coaching a triple A team, a tier one program, he'd have to come to my practice. I mean, I, I know how it is with the younger kids. You know, tier two is a little easier. You know, unless you know, it's it's difficult. Talk about now. You're coaching now. You're not coaching your boys. Uh, let's get into that for a minute. What is, you know, like how do you plan a season? You're coaching, you know, what is it, a, a Bantam team now? I'm coaching a, a Pee Wee A team here. So, okay. uh, you know, how do you, how do you, how do you lay out your season? I mean, you know, how do you start in August and carry, like, these are very trying times right now with what we're going through. But let's, let's put that aside. Let's talk about what you're doing as the season progresses, like markers you're looking to hit, skill development you're looking to hit different things that the kids should be learning and, and understanding of their sport they're playing as you progress. I mean, is there a whole progression you like to see and, and the kids grow on different levels? Yes. Um, very good question. So, you know, you, you go into the season, depending on what you're coaching. So I'm coaching a PBA team. The last three years or four years, I was coaching a, a midget 18 U triple uh, a uh, elite team. So it's a totally different ball game. It's like, now it's like running a seven 11 store. You know, when you're run, tri coaching that AAA team, you got to worry about ice time, people complaining. And not that, you know, at, at, at this level here, people are so thankful that the kids are keeping learning. At that older level, that AAA level, kids, everyone basically knows it. And now it's just a matter of, you know, who's going to play more, who's better. But going back uh, to lay out my season, I'd look and start saying my, you know, like I said, trying time. We didn't have trials this year. So I we just picked teams based on, you know, were, were they in the Avalanche program? Are they – Second year peewees were in the, were they on the team last year? We lost four kids, so we're going to get you know four more new kids in. So we look at the team as as a whole. I say, okay, what kind of you know power play can we use for these kids? Are they talented enough to do an umbrella? No. Uh, let's keep it simple. You know, forecheck, very simple. Um, you know, back checking, it's, you know, real simple. Nothing you know you know crazy. Um, let's let's keep it simple because the biggest thing with this team, you know, that I with these kids, a lot of them their skill development is not there but a lot of them don't know how to play without the puck. That's the biggest thing. They don't understand the timing of the game and they don't understand, you know, and again, they're only peewees, so that's what we're here to learn. So my goal with the team is, and the parents are thankful, uh, is to, and you know, I'm a big proponent of skating. I'm like, on the side yeah, of the house. Yeah. So I want to get them stronger on their skating, whether it's their edges, their stride, their foot speed, you know, get them quick. I want them to become better skaters. That's number one. Two, passing and shooting. And then three, you know, really understanding the game. I think understanding may come second because you always can learn on shooting and passing. But the biggest downfall of the team that I see, and we've only played two games, is a lot of them just don't understand the game, you know, where to go. If they're going on a three-on-two, they're taking the puck down the middle, it's going to go wide, trying to make it into two-on-one. Uh, without the puck, the wingers in the defensive zone are coming down all the way down to help the defense on the goal line, making the points wide open. So, and that's my style. It's kind of like just, you know, Real Basic north-south is what you're looking at with these kids. Yeah, so, you know, speed, I want to get them by the end of the season. I want them to be proficient skaters, a better understanding of the game, you know, and sharpen their skills and, uh, you know, the shooting and passing skills. How much time do you dedicate in a practice to skating? Uh, every practice is we, I dedicate at least 15, no more than 20 minutes because our practices have been cut back this year due to the virus from 75 minutes to an hour and that hour goes really really quick very, very quickly yeah so what we've done is they won't let you into the building until 15 minutes before practice so the kids have to come dress so i'm like when we get on at 7 45 be at that door at seven o'clock so we've been we've been getting 10 minutes extra because we get on the ice at like 7 33 7 34 so every 10 minutes twice a week it adds up to another two practices a month the way i look at it 
So it, it, the ice time is, you know, it's, you know, so it's big. And that extra 15 minutes that they, we lost because of it, every team's lost, but, uh, you know, it adds up. So we've been trying to make it up. We had Jim Dowd on uh, a few episodes ago, and you and I both know Jimmy. And he was talking about he's, he's coaching this year at different levels as an assistant coach. His sons are now committed to college. One's at Penn State. One's committed to Providence College and is playing for the Chicago Steel. But he was talking about when you're a coach, before you have practice, your players should get there a little early so you can kind of go over the drills they're going to do that night, and you don't spend time – you know, at the dry erase board at the rink, trying to explain stuff to the kids on the ice. Do you kind of set the same tone, like say to the kids, look, come a little early. I want you to sit down and I'm going to show you some of the drills we're going to do tonight. We're going to work on these things because ice time is such a premium in this sport and it's so expensive. And how much does that help you with the organization of your practice? If the kids listen and the parents buy into that. I mean, in, in normal times, I would, we would, what we would do with some film, we watched like the older kids for the last few years, we would watch our games, you know, every, like probably once every other week. We do it like twice a month. Sometimes we bring in lines. Sometimes we bring in the whole team and just, you know, stop and go. With these times that they are now, we can't get into the building. So we can't, we can't do that. But what I've been doing is I've been creative over at Hackensack. There's a baseball field, a soccer field, you know, over uh, across the park lot. So we've been practicing for the last month on Saturdays because we have no games yet. So for September and October, what we've been doing is, We've actually been working on our breakouts and our face-off plays, defensive, offensive zone face-offs with a soccer ball. So we would, go into this, we would go into this scenario. Okay, listen, okay, if we win the face-off back here, this is what we're going to do. Or if the other team wins the face-off, where are you going? And we would question them. And that's helped out a lot. The parents have been appreciative because, you know, I'm just putting in the extra time. Um, and we do it right before practice. So we're there anyway. So get there an hour early. And that's helped out tremendously. Um, How do the kids like that kind of cross training? I mean, does that really help them? I mean, do the kids appreciate that. I mean, they're hockey players, but you know, we talked about how you said in soccer it teaches the foot speed and everything else. Do you notice how that translates onto the ice for them? Yeah, I mean, when, when we when we're on the on the on the uh, off ice, and you, you could see some of the kids were just better athletes, and when it goes to the ice, you can see it transitions to the ice. Whether you're doing like a side shuffle or a karaoke step, some of the kids are having difficulty, and some of the kids were doing it or zooming through the zooming through it. And then when you go on the ice, you see those kids who are zooming through it. They're just taking a quicker foot speed. So they may be playing soccer. I'm still getting to know some of the kids, what they do outside the hockey game, hockey world. But um, definitely, it, it definitely helps you out. Even when my son did it, when he went to like some of the, the you know, they have the speed schools. I won't make names, but, you know, they have the speed schools. And you can see when he went and when he didn't go, the difference. Now, you, you talk about, you, you said your practice, you go about 15, 20 minutes on skating. What else do you work at with this level? I mean, do you do stick handling? Do you do shooting drills, passing drills, all those different things with the kids? Do you mix it up so it doesn't get boring? How do you keep the practice exciting for the kids? We want what we usually do is we'll end, you know, a game or it's, uh, you know, there's a lot of small games, you know, even though we got full ice this year because they won't let us. Um... Pete, you froze up on me here. Okay, so. Start again. I'm going to start again with that question, okay? Uh, three, two, one. So you talk about you skating, you, you, and, and you do that for about 20 minutes in practice or 15 minutes, depending on the night. How do you handle, like, stick handling, passing, all those different skills? I mean, what do you do during the practice to keep it exciting and interesting for the kids? It's a long season. Right. So what I always do, what I was always do skating first because I want to get that out of the way first because I don't want to, I don't want to end the practice on skating or feel like I'm punishing the kids. 
we always kind of want to end it up on an upbeat, whether it's a small game, you know, one-on-one, two-on-two, three-on-three with, you know, activation. Um, uh, and then in between, what we try and sandwich that around is I'll try and do a team concept, something, whether it's a, you know, what, this is what we're going to do on face-offs or power play that we've been working on in the soccer field. Um, and then what we'll do is we'll do like some type of, you know, uh, you know, gap control game where we're going like a two-on-one or, you know, transition game where we're going full ice, three-on-two, two-on-one, one-on-o, two-on-o, stuff like that to keep it moving um, and, you know, use the full ice. Because at this level, they don't, they don't really get full ice, but because of COVID, we were granted two full ice practices a week where we would only get half ice. So the parents are like, oh, it's great that the ice is opened up. You know, you could, you know, but you can see with the full ice, the kids are still having problems getting that breakout and moving into the neutral quickly. That's the, 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 the timing of it. Do you, do you do the American development model with the, with the tight games, the close quarters, the stuff they do? Is that, how does that help the kids with the American development model from USA Hockey? Um, yeah, we do a lot of the small games where we'll break it down into the blue line and in where we have the nets either back to back or side to side. Or, you know, maybe spread out 10 feet in front. You can shoot on any net. You got to hit a coach or an activator, so to speak, in order to change positions, in order to shoot. You know, you have to make a pass to the coach in order to shoot. Um, but we definitely do those games. And that they're fun. But those games are the ones that bring up, you know, the kids who compete in tight corners. All right. So, in other words, they're not a perimeter player. So, they can compete and they you know, enhance their skills in the tight corners. But also, it really brings out the kids who are having problems or difficulty playing without the puck. When you're playing those small game areas, all of a sudden everybody gets tunnel vision. You got two or three guys going after one player with the puck, and there's two guys wide open or players wide open. Um, so we got to stop it. We got to break it down. We got to say, why are we going? Why are two players going to the one? You're leaving this guy wide open. He's wide, you know. So that's the, that's what I like about those games. And there's so many of them that you can do. I mean, just so many. And then you 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 learn. You watch. You know, you watch other coaches. You know, you look and, and you know you read. You go on the uh, USA Hockey website and uh, you you know you grab some. Um, drills from them, and you just got to say, can my team do this drills? You know, is it, are they going to benefit from it, or is it going to be sitting there and you get frustrated and you start yelling? <laughs> and the drill ends up taking a half hour, and half your practices is gone because you're just trying to learn it. Do you do you find you do a lot of teaching at this level? It's more about the study of the game, the teaching of the game to these kids. Yes, it's more. It's definitely more of a lot of teaching um, and skills. More more skating and skills. And then, you know, the X's and O's are like the last part of it. It's just, if you get to that, I mean, I talked to the coach last year. It was, you know, his, my assistant was coaching the team last year. He says, we never even got to a power play. And I look at it, and every night I'm like, we got to hit this, we got to hit this. And I'm like, we didn't even get to a power play, not even a power play breakout. You know, we don't even know what we're doing. But let's let it ride. For right now, we're going to let it ride, you know, and we're two months into the season. How much do you try to keep it fun? I mean, a lot of, a lot of coaches take it really seriously. But, you know, at this age level you're at, I mean, how do you keep it fun for the kids? Um, keep it fun where uh, you, you, you want to play games and you, you want to make it competitive. Uh, what I mean by that is, let's say, let's have a game where it gets five goals first or we're going to have the yellow versus the blue. Um, and the kids like that. I mean, last week I went, I went down to, and these are peewees, I went down to almost like a mite level, squirt level, where we just had races around the, you know, around the circles. And lay the puck out, just, you know, shimmy the puck out in the middle. And whoever got to that puck first, and they will, and, you know, we'll get in on the goalie and shoot. And they were just loving it. They were howling. They would think, can we go again? Can we go one more? <laughs> now I'm like, look at this, you know. But those are the things. Sometimes you reward them with games like that. Um, you don't want to punish them. But, you know, if the only time, they, you know, I, I will say I punish them is if they're not paying attention or they're goofing around. But they got a pretty good bunch of kids. So, um, again, they're 12 years old. And it's hard, you know, you got to really differentiate where am I coming from? I'm coming from coaching the AAA 18U team. Now I'm, you know, I'm coaching 12-year-old kids who are A-level. So 
you know, some of them can't even get the puck out of it. I'm like, I used the puck. He goes, I tried. They, they couldn't. Even get the puck out of it. <laughs> it's, it's in a way it's funny, you know, but uh, it's good. They'll be, you know, when you get better, that's the, that's what I get out of them. When I see parents saying, Oh, thank you. You know, they, you know, they, they get so much better. They're learning. I feel bad for the parents because they can't even watch the kids live. You know, it's, uh, it's you know, you watch it on the, uh, the live barn, but it's, it's slow. That thing moves slow. Yeah, the, the live barn, just for, everyone, just for everyone who knows out there, live barn is a, is a streaming service uh, in these times for the parents to watch uh, their sons and daughters play uh, ice hockey in the arenas. We're talking with Pete LaMonica, youth hockey coach with the New Jersey Avalanche. Pete, how tough was it to coach both Peter, Pierre and Christian? as a father, I mean, you have to try, a lot of guys tell me they can't do it or it's hard because you're expecting a little bit more out of them. I mean, did, it, did, did they come to you or when you were, when they were playing for you or when they were coming up through the ranks, did they come to you for a lot of advice? Um, my oldest son, Pierre, he was quiet. He, he, he I can't say he loved, I think I loved the game more than him. He, he was a, one hell of a player, but he, uh, he would just lead, you know, play and just lead by example. He wouldn't come to me and ask questions, a lot of questions. With him, though, you know, he was a forward where Christian was a goalie. So I knew I could yell at my own son, which was unfair to him. And if I got mad sometimes, I would yell at him when I wanted to yell at a team. And I'm not saying I did it all the time. When I got a little flustered, um, other, parents, other kids, I couldn't really yell at them. They're not my kids. But I would yell at the team as a team if I got upset. But my own kids, sometimes I would yell at him. I took it out on him. And I'm not saying I did it all the time. You know, I coached him for, I don't know, eight years out of his 15 years playing or 14 years playing. Um, Christian was a goalie. So that was a little more different. You know, what I mean, as a goaltending parent, and now not only as a parent, you're as a coach. I mean, it's, it's, it's difficult because, you know, it's a breakaway. It's a two-on-one. He let in a weak goal. He didn't, <laughs> you, know, um, you know, you're sitting there saying to yourself, oh, Oh God. Yeah. Did you, but I mean, did, you, did they come to you as their, as their, did they ever say to you, Hey dad, you know, I'm in a tough spot or uh, you know, what did you do in this situation or how did you handle this when you played? I mean, did they ever come for you that kind of advice and sit down with you or not really? Not really. I think Christian might have a little, but I wasn't really a goalie, but Pierre, he just was straight on. Um, you know, he learned a lot from his other youth coaches. Um, you know, I coached him as a mite and a squirt, and then I coached him as a midget, and we coached, I helped him out as a, when he played a, uh, a year of juniors in the, uh, in the Met League, the Metropolitan Junior Hockey League. What would be one piece of advice you would give a parent who's coaching their son or daughter in any sport that you learned and said, oh, God, I'd never do this again? I mean, that you could pass on to a mother or a father who's coaching their child. Well, I would go back to what I just said before about just in terms of taking it out and yelling at your own kids. Because sometimes you may just yell, you know, just turn them off and, you know, uh, you don't want them to leave the game. Um, at a certain point at this, in, in this sport, for what I've seen over my years, at a certain level, you don't want to coach your own kid. Um, and you, a lot of parents want coaches who don't have kids on the team, especially at a tier one level. Um, so I would stay away from two things, forcing him to do something he doesn't want to do and, and if he's playing and he's loving it, I wouldn't really, you know, really yell at him. I'd take him aside or I'd wait the 24 hours. He might want to have to show him something on the bench, what he may have done wrong, but I wouldn't, you know, get excited if he made a mistake and, you know, really make a, you know, make a scene with your own kid where you know you can get away with it, you know, at yelling. All right, we're going to wrap this up in a minute, but I just want to ask you, you were a captain as a junior and senior in high school and the same in college. Describe your leadership style. 
what would you say about if some if somebody came up to me and said, "Hey, this is what Pete LaMonica has as a, as a leader." But describe your style as a leader. What kind of a leader are you? Why do you think you were chosen as a junior and senior in both situations? Uh, I think I led by example. I wasn't, um, you know, I wasn't the kind of player. I did score a lot as a defenseman, but I wasn't the kind of player if I scored, I'm rubbing my glove on the ice or I'm, you know. In this day and age, I watch some of the professional sports players, and I'm just, you know, in any sport, and you're getting paid to do a job. So when you make a nice play, okay, you made a nice play. It's great. You know, you put your hand up, you score a goal, but that's it. You don't have to make all these fancy, you know, moves and, you know, looking at the TV, this, that, and the other thing. And I'm not, I'm not saying we're on TV, but I would lead by example. And, and during the off-ice trainings, I would always be in the top one, two, or three. I'd always, I'd be in the best shape. I would always be in the best shape. And I was just dedicated to that. You know, I was just so in tuned in it and dedicated that, um, you know, they, you know, that's what my high school coaches and my, you know, my uh, college coaches saw, you know, listen, this guy's dedicated. Look, I don't have to say nothing to him. You know, he's always first. He's working hard. Uh, he's not fooling around. He's moving the puck. He's getting on other players when he has to. I'm not in their ears all the time. When I knew I had to, I would, didn't want to, because I want everybody to be my friend. But that's the hardest thing to separate you. I just, saw a qu- I just saw a quote the other day from Nick Saban. He goes uh, something along the lines of, uh, if you want to please everybody, don't be a leader. Sell ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. you know, to be, to be a good leader, you have to sometimes get on somebody's case or tell the team, hey, guys, you know, we're not doing it or I'm not, you know, we got to pick it up or you got to do this. I'm, I'm relying on you kind of a thing. Uh, I thought that was a very good quote, you know, to kind of say it's true, though. You know, to be a leader, sometimes you have to do stuff you don't want to do. Yeah, especially as a junior. When I was a junior, you know, you, you, you know, the kids are freshmen and sophomores, no problem. Juniors, you know, guys are on the same page. But now you look at the guys who are seniors. But they really couldn't say nothing because they, you know, they knew how dedicated I was and how much I put into it. You know what I mean? Like they're going out, they maybe go out to, you know, I'm talking not high school, but I'm saying, you know, in college, maybe going out afterwards for drinks, stuff like that. I really wouldn't do it. I just was, you know, not that I didn't, but I would really, really stay away from that stuff. And, you know, just I would be working out. What's the best part of hockey for you, for Pete LaMonica? What's the best part of this sport that you've enjoyed over your time? I just think it's one of the best, it's, it's, to me, it's still the best sport that they have out there, just based on the speed, the excitement. Um, you know, it's a great workout. It's not like you're sitting there running on the street. You know, when's this going to be over, riding a bike? I mean, you burn so many calories, you have fun. You know, you meet so many players and people. And, and just not even in hockey. I mean, with hockey, you meet so many players and, and people and coaches that you never know what it's going to take in the business world, too. I mean, you make so many connections. Um, and uh, like I said, just, uh, just the fun, the excitement, and the speed of the game. You know, uh, what's the best piece of advice that you were given over time? That's now you've taken to the business world. You're in the finance, you know, industry. What's that one piece of advice that was given to you, and who gave it to you, and and, and how has it helped you in your career and your life? Um, well, I'd say the best piece of advice, and I'm not sure who gave it to me. Um, you put me on the spot on that. But <laughs> gotcha. You have, to, you have to work hard. And I tell it to my, I tell it to the kids I coach, no matter what level it is, you have to work hard to get results. It's not just going to come easy. Some guys it does, some it doesn't. But you have to work hard and you have to put in the time. And, I'll, and I say, we're playing hockey right now, but if you're in work and you're in the business world and your boss comes in and says, hey, you got to get this report to me today and it's 4 o'clock and you have a men's hockey league game or something going on tonight, <laughs> You're going to stay past five o'clock or you're going to go home. And all the kids sit and look at me. And I said, what's the answer? And they all say, yeah, 
we got to stay here after five o'clock. And I said, so the same for hockey sports is the same in the, in, in the real world. Um, you know, you have, you have to, you know, put in your time and work hard because someone told me a long time ago, you know, and, and I don't know how true this is, but they said, I'll take 10 grinders as opposed to one guy coming out of Harvard. I'll get more, I'll get more out of the 10 than one guy coming out of Harvard who's probably smarter than all 10 of them. I, you know, this day, I agree with you. Well, I want to thank you, Pete, for your insights here on Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR. It was great to talk to you, and we'd love to have you back on sometime soon. Absolutely. My pleasure. That was Pete LaMonica from Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR.